You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Hey guys, my name is Matt Langston. I am a music producer, a mix engineer, and an avid unicorn enthusiast. And I would like to invite you over to my podcast, Eleven D Life. On Eleven D Life, we get to talk to your favorite artists, producers, and creators about what makes them tick. We take deep dives into where they get their juiciest inspirations from and how they keep from being cynical about all of it. We even get to pull back the curtain on my band, Eleven D Seven, and share some fun insider tips and tricks for our fellow. Bandmates and creators out there. So be sure to check out Eleventy Life right here on the Rock Candy Podcast Network and wherever you get your favorite shows. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Joe and Reese's Pickle and Boot Shop, a diabolical brainwashing machine. This is the weekly disclaimer by me, Reese Roper, one of the hosts. First of all, Joe and I make a big deal out of both having red shirts on, which is ridiculous to talk about on a podcast. Joe challenges our listeners to write an essay about what Radio Shack means to them. And I can't believe you're listening to this. Um, basically, I'm a single mom in this episode. We talk about third nipples. And we say some seriously defamatory remarks about decent Christian talk in the Creation Festival. The Pickle and Boot Shop, we hope you hate it. gentlemen welcome back to the pickle and boot shop number 28 we're coming to you from uh october it's what november 8th it is. and i don't know about in virginia down there in virginia but uh here in michigan we kind of had uh I, is it still i mean i'm i'm asking this i'm asking this in all seriousness uh-huh. i don't know if this is a a bad I don't know if this is a bad thing to say now in 2021, but is Indian summer, is that like a bad I thing to say? I don't think it is. Not, no. It's not yet? It's okay. N- so not yet. Now, in in three years, will someone come back and listen to this and I say Indian summer and will be canceled? Probably. For three years from now, when we're on top of a multi-billion dollar media empire? Yeah. We'll be canceled because of this. It'll, be, it'll suck, but we'll have hot tubs by then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. I can, I can live with that. And that'll be I awesome. Know, I'll be in my hot tub. I, I can too. Yeah. Like, oh, we're canceled, so we don't have to do two hours of content a week? Okay. Here, let me blow my nose on this $100 bill. On this well, 100 penny bill. Yeah. Um, and well, so anyway, in Michigan, this weekend, we kind of had like a little Indian summer. Mm-hmm. Like it got up. It, it The temperature had like dipped down. And for like a week, it was like in the 40s was like the high. Wow. And then and then this last weekend, it was like 65 degrees, almost hit 70. Wow. So it was it was super nice. Yeah, we uh, we did not have it. We did not have that here. I mean, it's. It's a little bit warmer. It's been in the 40s. It's been frosting every night. I got to get out the scraper, okay. which I'm excited about because I'm moving to a new place that has a garage. I just I just yeah. want one time where it is like icy and I need and I'm like I gotta go scrape it, but then I don't, and the rest of the time I'll fill yes. it full of kids' toys and have to park on the street. Yes. Yeah. Now, when do you move into your new place? We close on December 3rd. Oh. Yeah. December 3rd. December 3rd. Yeah. Okay. So a bit. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. That, that's awesome. Um, I, I love the look of the the joint. It's a very, very, very nice. I like, I mean, what you're buying with that 500 Frenzy money, uh, I mean, you got you got to be a CEO here in Michigan to afford that property that you. Well, that's that's basically the kind of money I'm making at Fiverr and Frenzy Incorporated, I, and I'm I'm yeah. not the CEO. I'm the I'm not even the treasurer. I'm a member at large. Yeah. Yeah, you're a non-voting board mm. member. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They're just like don't don't mm. let that guy vote. <laughs> don't let him vote anymore. <laughs> He yeah. hates five iron because he takes it way too yeah. serious. <laughs> he takes voting way too He's seriously. Like, this is just a, a figure. You're just a figurehead. It's just a, a fake position we created for people in the band. Dennis makes mm-hmm. all the decisions. Um, what are you drinking? Well, it's a new concoction I made in this uh, Captain America pint glass. Um, what I do is I mix. White rum with diet ginger ale. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> delicious. Wow. So so it's a new it's a new take on an old drink. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's not even a new take. It's just the the normal drink. It's you the always same drink. thing. I yeah, yeah, I'm doing butter. Bacardi this time though, because it was available. It was gifted to me. Well, because now you're now you're making Pickle and boot money. You don't have to drink the, the Don, Don Q. Q. You can actually get, step it up and get the I Bacardi. I feel like if I drink something this nice, though, it's bound to give me diarrhea. Oh, always. I always. Don't know. If it doesn't, then it's not worth the uh, sugar cane that it okay. came from. I'm worried. Is Bacardi made from sugar cane? I think, I think or is that's... it just made from sugar? Oh, maybe. Because, like, here in Michigan, you know, uh, in like Virginia, do you guys have like Pioneer Sugar? No, Pioneer brand. It's Pioneer brand okay. tobacco in Michigan, is what they have here in Virginia. Oh, yeah. oh. Well, here we have Pioneer brand sugar, and it's actually made from beets. 
So like all the beet farms in Michigan give all their, you know, they sell their beets to like some factory and it pulls all the sugar uh-huh. out of the beets and then I don't know how you get the coloring out of the the beet sugar cuz those things that's yeah, probably and then it's it's white sugar that they make from the beets. That's awesome. Yeah, it's weird. Cut. Who I think in northern it? Colorado they have a lot of beet farms. Yeah. Do they? Beets by Dre. Interesting. We didn't. Beets, beets, beets by, Colorado. by Colorado. We both have red shirts on, Joe. I know. Mine's uh, Spider Man. Yours is Radio Shack. It seems yeah. like I found this at a thrift store, but I just one day decided, you know, it'd be really cool to have a Radio Shack shirt. <laughs> I found Absolutely. Radio Shack. Making and selling them. They're still alive. Radio Shack is still a, a Online. company? Online, yeah. They're still going. Yeah. Really? I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I... I they were... So, I mean, if they want to sponsor the show, I'll say good things about them, but since they're not sponsoring the show, Radio Shack sucked. Um, yeah, it kind of did. It was cool in the 80s because they were they were making computers like PCs that you couldn't get anywhere and some of them were pretty pretty souped up. And then you you there was like no place you could go to buy you know like they they kind of it was like before Brookstone and and uh, that other place in the mall. Remember they would sell like gadgets and uh, stuff. Oh yeah, a sharper, a sharper image. image. Yeah, yeah. So they, it, Radio Shack was kind of like hot that. Topic. Hot Topic. Yes, it was like Hot Topic before Hot Topic. You'd go buy a Green Day album or like a um, like a studded belt that you could wear slightly askew. Yeah, made from a, a car, a safety seat, a yeah. seat belt, a studded seat belt. That's what belt. Radio Shack was about. And then. Um, That's what Radio Shack meant to me. If you guys are listening and you're part of the Diabolical Discussion page, this week I would like to read essays from all of those, any of you, who can write an essay uh-huh. uh, on you, on what um, Radio Shack means to you. This is a great assignment, Joe. I love yeah. it. I think, I think the discussion page needs a little... Um, they need a little focus as of late. Uh, I think maybe a work assignment would be good. So Lane Helms and uh, Daniel Rock and the crew can, uh, you know, can can do some essays on what Radio Shack means yeah. to you. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. How uh, how's your how's uh, your week been, Joe? Uh, it was good. It was a, it was a, it was a hard week last week. Are you going to take a shower? Oh, so, oh, someone's taking a shower. Well, you could do it in this one down here. This part, this part gets edited. Ladies and gentlemen, you you will never hear this. This one is clean and nice. Okay. My... My week was all right. It was uh, it was a super busy week, mentally stressful. 
So when the weekend hit, I was ready for the weekend. Yeah. And played out perfect. I was able to be outside, went hiking, um, uh, just enjoyed, like I said, that Indian summer up here and slept fantastic. I've had the be- I had the best oh, sleep man, I'm the last three nights than I've ever had in my life. That's nice. Phenomenal. Yes. Yes. Very nice. Um, yeah. I worked this weekend, but I had today off, so it's okay. Beat beating up kids. Yeah, they were beating me up yesterday for real. <laughs> like oh. not out of anger, but like some some frustration. Yeah, they only hit me because they love me. Like it hurt them. It hurt them more than it hurt you. I feel like it hurt me a, just a bit more than them. Now what what were they how how old were uh, the kids? One girl is 14 and she just decided she was like, "Hey, can I punch her arm?" and I was like, I made the mistake of saying, "Yeah." Because that meant soon you're going to be just wailing on me. <laughs> so Yeah. It was good. I got some good good bruises. You're like, "I got some good body shots back." No. <laughs> no, cuz the <laughs> like as soon as as soon as you escalate it, you're going to, like, the rest of the staff gets really amped up, and they want to put these kids in these restraining chairs, which uh-huh. is like, dude, it's like a, they strap you into an electrical chair. <laughs> it's basically that. Yeah. No, I know I know oh, those I chairs. It. I know what you're talking about. Hang on. Let me yell at my kids. Okay. Era, are you going to take a shower? I got new towels. I got some new towels. I went to the Costco. See, those are the things. Those are the things that people don't tell you about when you get divorced. So the first time I got divorced and moved out, I moved out. I took all my stuff. Didn't get things like towels, hand towels, washcloths spatulas things like that so then all of a sudden i needed a spatula and i'm like oh oh, man like leslie had six spatulas and i didn't have any and then she had all the towels and i didn't have any so it was like hitting garage sales trying to get like towels or actually you know what i did at our church um the church had just finished its summer day camp Mm -hmm. program and so I just told uh, friends of mine that ran the day camp, I was like, hey, can I just have whoever's towels were left in the lost oh, and found? Wow, Joe. And so I got like I got like six beach towels that were the towels that I used. And that, and, and you got athlete's foot. Yeah, yeah. Out yeah. of your divorce. You got athlete's foot. I got I got mathlete's foot. Now I mm-hmm. I have the the life I have led for the last 17 years is complaining about the towels that we have, just that they're the cheapest, most cardboard pieces of shit, and just being like, can we yeah. get new towels? And it becomes this huge escalated argument. So, like, finally, yes. 
you know, like I have the house to myself and I'm like, I'm going to go get some nice towels. And so I went to Costco and splurged. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Like I got the sheets, you know, like the bath sheets and geez, they're so fluffy and nice. I know. I'm so yeah. <laughs> like right there. So happy. It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, those those are the things that are are great. Like for me, when I moved out, I was like, oh, I, I bought a bed. I bought a king size yeah. bed. So I'm six foot five. I'm like, I'm buying a king size bed. And me in that bed, it I just sleep on one little section. And then the whole rest is just just, you know, parcels of land there. And then when it was buying sheets, I like flannel sheets. I even like flannel sheets in the wow. summer. I just think they're they cozy. are cozy. So, like, flannel sheets, people are like, oh, my gosh, you can't have them in the summer. Yeah, you can because you have air conditioning. So the air conditioning still has the house cool and cold. So flannel sheets, even in the air conditioning, still feel really, really, really nice. nice. But so I have, like, the I got the, like, flannel sheets, and then I had the the sheets that are made of, like, the T-shirt mm-hmm. material, like the, the jersey or whatever they call it, the T-shirt <laughs> stuff. So then I got that, and those feel really yeah. good. But just like you said, like if you get cheap towels, because that's what I did do. I bought some some towels, and I just bought whatever was cheapest. And it's like it didn't even soak the water off my yeah. body; it just moved it around. Yeah, I'm just I'm done with that. I I think it was like I got two <laughs> sets, like the bath sheet, hand towel, washcloth. And it was probably 30 bucks, but I feel like it was the best 30 bucks I've spent this year. <laughs> but yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm also, I think my next purchase is going to be a nice bed because I've been sleeping on this freaking futon for two years. Yeah. Yeah. I, one year, no, one year and 10 months. I'm sorry, Joe. I lied. Yeah. 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 I'm ready. Well, the, the, I believe the mattress that I got, I believe it's a company called like Live to Sleep uh-huh. or Sleep to Live or something like that. Um, I went to one of those like fancy places um, where you lay down on that like computerized oh, wow. bed. Yeah, so you like you lay down on the bed and then first off it asks you like 10 questions. <laughs> It kind of asks you like what you do if it's labor intensive. Do you cry after if you, have you masturbate, <laughs> right? All that stuff, and, and and it asks you like you know do you have aches and pains and where are they and yada yada. So you put all this stuff in, then you lay down. It tells you like lay on your back, so you lay on your back. Then it's like lay on your left side, and it like it like similar to when you get like running shoes and you stand on those things, and it tells you like where most of your weight is and all that. It's like that. Yeah. So you lay on your back, then you lay on your side, then you lay on your other side, then you lay on your stomach, and then it calculates, like, what bed you need. And then it spits out, like, for what you need, you need this is the cheap one, this is the middle of the road, and then this is the super expensive. So it gives you, like, three options. So I did it, and I took the middle option. and. Yeah. Man alive, I love my bed. I love my bed. It is such a good night's sleep. That was a lot of lot of arguments 
before about like the bed because my yeah. estranged wife, her favorite thing was a piece of concrete with a blanket glued to it. That was what she wanted to sleep on. And yeah, just the firmer the better. Yeah, and my shoulders are trashed from working as a nurse and five iron. So I like to sleep on my side, and I. You know, I think I've talked about this before, maybe episode 28, how my shoulder pops out of joint yeah. while I'm sleeping. So I need yeah. something that is like for side sleepers, but like soft up there so my shoulder doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got to find one of those places. Yeah. That's cool, Joe. Yeah, the one by us, I don't think it's it's open any longer, but it was... There's a local, there was a big local furniture store called Art Van. Uh-huh. And then this place, and then they opened like this um, bedroom shop that was called uh, Pure Sleep. So I don't know if you guys have Pure Sleep stores down by you, but I'm sure it's not just something that's here in Michigan. I mean, uh, if you if you look in uh, what's around you, I'm sure there's some place that has the same system. That you by which you can you know fine tune to what you need. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Like my mattress is so good. I love it. I'm jealous. Man, I love talking about mattresses. I like talking about good sleep and mattresses. Yay. Um. So how how did you think uh, the the uh, how'd you like uh, interviewing Andy? I thought it was wonderful. It's yeah. I thought it was fun. Yeah. We got to do it again. It, yeah. It's funny because he's always been, Andy's always been like a dude who's ever changing. Uh-huh. So I would see him, you know, I would see him on one tour and he would be jeans and a t-shirt um, with like skater hair. And then the next tour, he would be, uh, you know, c- completely different. Maybe wearing like motorcycle boots, baggier jeans almost, and like wife beaters. But then he was like, his head was like completely shaved. And then he had like a big old like nose uh-huh. ring, you know, like a big hoop and stuff through his like septum and and all that. So like he was, he was always ever changing. And then like always. the music. Yeah, like the music, he would always be about like a band on each on each like tour, uh-huh. which was great because, like I said, I learned Kings of Leon from him before. Like Kings of Leon was anything he was telling me about him, and same yeah. with Alkaline Trio, and he he was always you know kind of in that no type deal, but it uh, it was always funny because you never knew like everybody else like you knew Keith you were always gonna get Keith you always knew you were gonna get Dennis Micah Leonore yeah you know. But Andy was like ever changing, ever evolving. He always, yeah, about every three or four months, maybe six months, he'd go through like a phase where he'd be like, I'm going to be rockabilly or I'm going to do this. I'm into this. And then he would change his whole appearance. And people always thought we had a new (laughs) drummer. They'd always be like, yeah, who's your new drummer? Like, it's the same old guy. He's actually the only one in yeah. the band that has been at every show. Everybody else has had somebody <laughs> fill in for them. 
Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, that's funny. The best though was one time, and it was it was after he got married. I think he was like trying to deflect like conversations with girls at shows. He decided he wanted to dye his skin red. <laughs> oh. Like completely. He was like he kept trying to figure out how he could have red skin. <laughs> like red like oh, wow. like fire engine red. And I, I think he almost dyed himself his whole body with henna. Somebody talked him out of it and he did Are not. You <laughs> Oh, it was there was a good conversation. Right, just get a sunburn, dude. You know what? Just well, why didn't we bring that up? Yourself, why didn't we bring that up in the interview? We talked about so much stuff. I know. We should ask him about this next time. Yeah, but what's funny is like you just like what like I think this is one of the most obvious statements one could ever make, but. It's funny how like getting older, like seeing seeing Andy like older, he's not like young Chaka. None of us are young anymore. Yeah. But it's like the Andy that I have in my head and the memories that I have of Andy, it's different like when you're interviewing him and he's you know, he's got like his button up shirt on and he's like he's calm <laughs> and he's answering questions and he's bringing stuff up like normal conversations like he was always the guy that like you'd be in the middle of talking to and then he starts like crowing at you you know like a bird uh-huh. and he was always just doing something just like bizarre yes and so it's weird like now for him to be like older and then like when Mindy came and like sat next to him and they're like the old couple, <laughs> not old couple, but middle they're like the couple. Yeah, they're like the middle. They're the Joneses. And she has her, uh, you know, her salon and, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's doing his stuff. And it's just it's just weird seeing like Andy in that capacity. It's really cool, though. It is really cool. Yeah. And his wife is an absolute knockout. Glasses up. Absolute yeah. knockout. Yeah, glasses up. Drink to that. Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra up. What are we talking about tonight? Should we have a topic? Who knows? Let's talk about whatever. These are what what is on the list. Yeah, we should probably have a topic. Labels, contracts, politics, politics etc., you want to talk about labels? Politics. Politics. I want to talk about politics. Teenage politics. <laughs> this happens <laughs> sometimes uh, because uh, we're all mammals. Sometimes along what they call your milk line, you have an mm. extra nipple or two. It's called A teenage politics. <laughs> superfluous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're they're wonderful. And they're wonderful. A great conversation started. Yeah, I did. I was engaged to a young lady that had a extra nipple. Oh, <laughs> did it, did it have feel? I know lots of people do, so it's not crazy. If you're sitting at home right now and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm a freak," no, you're not. Lots of people have. Well, she showed me this part, and it was just like it looked like a mole underneath. Yes, her regular boobs, which were not shown, it was just like, "Hey, check this out! I have an extra nipple," and it looked like a mole. It was highly disappointing, but 
you know, mm. that's, that's, you that was what it. kept me a Christian was that she did that before <laughs> I was like very right. close to just right, right. running out in the street, <laughs> just sing, just calling it a day. Hail Satin. And, Sometimes I say that. Yes. I like Satin. Yeah. We could talk about Hail that. Satin. We could talk about yeah, we could talk about the inner workings and, and how we're defeating Satanism. Well, right there, number one, as a youth, I, you know, did not want to see the rest of the package. Well, yeah. want, did not want, let's say was not allowed. I try, I girded yeah. my loins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? You're You're better for mm. it. You're going to see those pearly gates one day because you said no to that. I don't think I will. I don't think. I mean, I might. I will <laughs> see the pearly gates. I believe this on faith, but not yeah. because of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think so yeah. either. Uh, yeah, um, man. So, yeah, uh, third nipples, we covered that. Our fourth nipples. Yeah, we covered. Guys, if you have them, yeah. it's fine. Labels. Contracts, politics, etc. Yeah, you want to talk about it? Labels suck. Or man. Yeah, festivals, I mean, we can, that- camping, stages, catering, meal tickets, meeting people. Well, let's, let's talk about oh. festivals. Okay. Um, festivals camping. for the rest. The of first us. time we met you guys, Cornerstone, nineteen ninety six. Uh, yep. Dave, who used to be the manager of. Uh, Jenny Respect is one of our Patreons, and yeah. he he uh, messaged me. He was like, "Yeah, I was I was in that group. We all camped together." I didn't remember that, but it was like some of the dudes from Jenny Respect, you guys, and us, and we all camped yeah. together at Cornerstone that first year. Yeah, and then Supertones, they their album had just come out. They had just gotten signed it- in Tooth and Nail. Yeah. Put it through real quick. But so we camped at Cornerstone. Did you guys camp any time before or after that at festivals? No. My or at festivals, we did I think we did I wanna say we did two years we camped at Cornerstone and then the third year, maybe ninety eight. No. I think we just camped the first year. And then after that, we were always in the hotel. Yeah. In what was that that town? Bushnell. Bushnell was where it was. Uh, yeah. What was that little town where like the theater was, and gosh dang it, and the dude. hotel. Yeah. The Bacardi has already screwed up my memory. Is talking to you? Cool. Well, it starts with whatever a C. that was. Kamanaja. It's called Kamanajawad. I'm looking it oh. up, Joe. Concord, no. Uh, Bushnell, uh, Illinois. Yeah. Macomb. What's the city there? Yes, Macomb. Why did I think it was called so Kamanajash? Mac- well, that was Close. close. Maybe maybe Macomb backwards. Yeah, maybe. So Bushnell did not have a, so, any hotels. It's real small. Yeah. So then you would you would drive like thirty minutes to Macomb, mm. 
And then that's where like the hotel was. That's where like most of the band stayed. The, all that there was stuff. A days in, and, I think Cornerstone. Yeah, just, it was like just paid for the whole thing, and then you paid back Cornerstone. You paid back Chapuza or something. Yeah, but man, I remember that place. It was you. You'd get one hotel room. Like every band would get like a hotel room. That's what I remember. I don't know if you guys got more, but we. As the insiders, we would get one hotel room. So everybody, I think Bo enjoyed, like, the camping. Uh So I think the second year, like, some of the guys camped, but some of us were in the hotel room. But it was, like, way too many people for the hotel room. And then we had, like, friends and family come. So then it's, like, Leslie. And then I think my sister came. So it was, like, a ton of people in the hotel room. Yeah. And so that got a little crazy. And then I remember after being there long enough, it th- here's what always drove me nuts. This is what drove me nuts, is you had, like, Christian bands. So everybody there is, like, you know, Christian dudes, right? Christian chicks, whatever it is. But then you had them, people acting like... They were big time rock stars. True. So we all knew, you know, we were all there for like the same reason. But then you had people thinking they were like Guns and Roses at a hotel. So what happened is you would show up to the hotel to like sleep and do whatever you needed to do. But it was like people running around screaming. It, I mean, it was 19 year olds, 18, 19, 20 year olds. Without their parents right. for the first time. Plus, and so every, like you're at this festival where you may you may have a crowd of like ten to thirty thousand people. It's like yeah. it's not real. So it's like blowing your mind. Right. You're like, I, maybe I am a rock star. Yeah, yeah. And then you so you you have all these guys like running around kind of like trying to outdo and one up the the next guy like oh these guys are crazy oh but so and so did this hey did you hear last night so and so did that so that's what always drove me nuts like i wanted to go it like in my brain i was like let's go back to the hotel we're all bands here we don't have to perform anymore our fans aren't here so we don't have to be the crazy guys in front of the fans and and do all that stuff i just let's just get some sleep but nope, there were there were bands that had to perform for other bands. There was, you know, as long as there were people around, someone had an audience. And I just remember it was, I I almost hated the hotel as much as I hated camping. Really? Because it was, yeah, I really did. Because it was just, it was everyone trying to outdo each other, and and it was annoying. It was a lot of like that. you just wanted to be like, dude, just go to bed. Uh-huh. Like you don't have to be like running up and down like the balconies screaming or riding the the uh room service carts or whatever you know whatever the case may be it's like come on man just just go to sleep (laughs) like we got a long day tomorrow we got to sit at the merch boots we got to do this we got to do that just go to sleep but no everybody had to be crazy and wild so it just drove me nuts so we we I don't think I got much of that because I never, we all, you know, like Fiverr is a democracy. So we at Cornerstone, we would like come up with the schedule. Who's watching merch win? 
So we made a crap ton of money. I'm not going to lie. At Cornerstone. Right. Like 30 grand or so. You know, like it, it paid a lot of the bills. And, you know, like I was in charge of, I was in charge of ordering and drop shipping the merch. So most, most of the time I was either working the table or driving to the airport at Peoria to get merch. Sometimes we had enough, but like we usually didn't have enough space in our trailer to carry this stuff for a cornerstone. So we'd have to make runs to the airport. And there was one year there was like a strike at FedEx or something. So it was like driving to Chicago and all kinds of weird things to pick up FedEx. Well, it was bizarre. crazy. Or they would ship on like DH, DHL, stuff like that, our T-shirt company. Yeah. We had like early on, because we're huge fans of Les and Jake, and when we played with them, really just learned a lot of like how to be cool to your fans. And one of the things Les and Jake always did was try and have a $5 t-shirt. So we tried to, and in order to do that, we ended up going with the same merch company that they used. And it was like, like all the Asian man records bands did it. Mike Park hooked me up with these guys. Okay. Um, this company in Santa Barbara, California, maybe called streamline but they they would just be like any any t-shirt company in denver they would be like hey we want to do sell your stuff and i'd be like well we've got a one color shirt it's white black ink we get it for 250 and we sell it for five bucks can you beat that and they just laugh and walk away right 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 so i mean but like <clears throat> I don't I don't know if those I don't know if there were sweatshops making those shirts. That was not part of the vocabulary in the nineties. It was not part of, of the consciousness, but probably no. kids made those shirts. But even Yeah, but the the other thing though is even if it was mm. like when you're nineteen years old and you just need shirts, I mean the the thinking when you're 19 years old and you need a bunch of shirts to be able to make 30 grand, yeah. you're going to be like, hey, well, you know what? At least those kids are getting paid. <laughs> they got something to do. I don't think we would. They're not wasting their no, time. we're glad. They're not wasting their time on cell phones. That's true. We were keeping the kids off the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. We gave them something to do. They were able to have food on yep. their table. All that good Cable. stuff. Yep. Yeah. No. Well, like Cornerstone... For us, it was like you would go back to that hotel, and I think we had at least two hotel rooms, maybe three a year. But it was just okay. be to sleep. Um, I don't think I ever camped there again. A couple of the other people, like Leonor, she's the most gregarious person on the planet, so she would want to camp with friends that she met and just fans. With a hundred dudes. hundred dudes. She would just camp. That's... She had a tent that opened up. I'm gonna write a sides. children's book. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a children's book called Lenore and a Hundred Dudes. <laughs> and it's just perfect. Her, it's a story about her camping <laughs> at Cornerstone. <laughs> it's for kids. Mm-hmm. So 
and everything in it, there won't be anything dirty. It'll all just be like innuendo. Great. <laughs> like a braided G porno. Yeah. Eh, ish. Ish. Yeah. Ish. So the, the only other time I camped there was we talked about Matt Marginsky jumping in front of the five iron bus. So I think we played yeah. the encore two stage the first night and then uh, left the bus there. Cause it was like too, too late went home and it rained. And so they were like, dude, there's tons of mud. Can you get your bus out of there? Cause we gotta, you know, like we gotta get other, these other bands in there. So I'm thinking, well, I'm just going to, I kind of got to clear the way and then just gun it so that I don't get <laughs> stuck. So I get Brad out there or somebody and they're like, Hey, get out of the way, get out of the way. we got to run this bus through here. We got to get it up to like, 88 miles an hour to, for the flux yeah. capacitor to kick in. <laughs> yeah, and then you're going to see some serious crap. So I, I gun it, you know, like, and I, I'm heading out, and all of a sudden, Morjinski jumps in front, of the, in front of the bus, and he's, like, flagging it down, like, with both arms, like, Reese, Reese, wait, 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 wait. And I'm just like, oh, crap, I hit a kid. And he's like... <laughs> Hey, man, I haven't seen your bus. Because that's the proper response. That's the proper response when you hit a kid. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> he gets on. He's like, hey, man, I haven't seen your bus. And it's like it's like the X-Wing going down into the swamp. <laughs> Just like, and I was like, cool, dude. This is our bus. <laughs> oh. You're like, hey, Matt, perfect timing. Perfect. So the bus got stuck, and it had all our gear in it. So the guys in the band were like, well, somebody's got to stay in it. And I was like, you know, I'm tired of sleeping on the floor. As long as I can run the air conditioning, I'll sleep on the bus. And I think the gas ran out. Like it had a, it had a, a we had a generator. I think the gas ran out after yeah. the second day and I was stuck on it with the windows open, just sweating my ass off sleeping for two more days. Oh, but that was that's some of the worst like when i think of horrible camping the first thing that comes to my mind is cornerstone yeah. where you you're in your tent and it's five o'clock in the morning like the sun the sun isn't up but you could see like the sky where the sky is starting to turn because the sun is is coming yeah. up but you can't actually see the sun yet and it's already in your tent like 80 degrees yeah. And you're like sweating, and then you can't get back to sleep. You know, it's five in the morning. You went to sleep three degrees. hours before that. Yes. Yep. Yep. You went to yep three hours prior. You can't sleep. You're you're just dripping with sweat. It's awful. It was before they it's, invented it's meth. There's no way. Yeah. You're gonna stay awake. It's none. None. And then you, and then you get up to like do your. Oh no. Oh, excuse me. I know I'm yawning, man. Um, then you get up to do your like, uh, what would it be like your your morning routine, like your shower and all that stuff. Yeah. And we've talked Coffee about that animal. on here before. Yeah, we've talked about that on here. Like the showers there, you know, are just those were brutal. People peed the, on you. The yeah, and the then like the kids. porta potties. Yeah. The porta potties were just. Awful. I mean, they're always brutal. What about other They're festivals, always. though? Did you camp at any other festivals? 
No, uh-uh. same. No, like we would we would do like creation because mm. the other ones you would correct me if I'm wrong, but like the other like cornerstone you would camp the whole time and. If you were there for five days, like you might play on like the second day, but you were there the whole time. And then like creation, you would come in, you would play and you would leave. Yeah. Like creation festival, like the people, the fans, those in attendance would, I believe, had the option to camp and and things of that nature. But the artists would like come in for the day. Like you got your day pass. Yeah. What, whatever stage you had, you had that lanyard, you had those meal tickets. You came in for that day. You, you were there the whole day, but then you left at night and you, you know, you drove an hour and a half or two hours to the hotel. Mm-hmm. And then you were, you continued your tour. You went back out. It, it, yeah. You, you weren't, and I guess I didn't realize that till just now, but like, it seemed like Cornerstone was the only festival. Like we never played Tom Fest, yeah. so I don't know if that if that was like that. It's a bummer but you didn't play Tom Fest because Tom Fest was like that. It was like two or three days of just camping with the kids, or you because there wasn't a lot of hotels. I think we did camp one or two years, and then yeah. stayed in crap hotels. You know. Yeah, we just. Yeah, it just it didn't happen that way with with the festivals that we went to, yeah. like Purple Door, Alive. It was just you came, you played that day, and you left. Yeah, and then you were driving in the next city, even though Creation was still going on, and Purple Door was still going on, and Alive was still going on, but you weren't. You just kept going. So we, I think, same. We did that with most other festivals, but. Creation, I do think there were several times where we we stayed for multiple days. Creation, though, I'm going to tell you, it is like the dirtiest Nashville capitalism of all the festivals. Like, it was just, I don't know if you got any of this, but it was so just dirty. It was so filthy with, like, money and pride. Yeah, (laughs) we... I don't know if I ever told I don't know if I ever told this story. So here's here's a good story. So we play Creation like the first year we play it, we play the like the encore stage or whatever their like warm-up stage was. Mm-hmm. So it was a small stage and that's what we played. And, and I think that was like 97. Yeah. And it was we we did we did all right. Like we packed it out and we had a good time. I, I kind of say we were kind of like the underdogs. Like people didn't know what to expect. We were kind of new on the scene, and it was our first year there, and we did really really well. So the next year, they have us on main stage, and so this kind of brings us up into another topic of like, I, when you're at festivals. Like when you're on tour, it would be like me, like the Insiders, Five Iron, and the W's, or Insiders, Squad Five O, Dear Ephesus. You're you're like on tour with people who are like your peers. Mm-hmm. Well, for those of you that maybe have never thought about it, when you go to a festival, obviously it's all different mix. So like 
you end up meeting like Stephen Curtis Chapman and Michael W. Smith and like people who you would never tour with. You find yourself with these people and like you might if we were playing. um, So, for instance, to keep my story going, the year that we came back, we played main stage and we were playing before DC Talk. Wow. So some band went out there. Yeah, creation, main stage. Did they come in on motorcycles? No. So we were, well, you mean to start their show? I don't know if they did. I don't remember. But so we get there. We get there that day and uh, we get there early morning and and we're starting to, you know, have fun and it's, it's catering and we go and... Obviously, we have our passes. We're a main stage band, so we have all the we have all the access to everything main stage, and you know, no qualms, anything like that. So we're backstage, and me and Jay Bird, our driver at the time, uh, Jay Bird is the one who is in the Bowel Witch Project on the Five Iron DVD. Yes. Uh, so it's me, my wife, my. Assaulted. Yeah, me and my wife at the time, and then Jaybird. So it's me and Jaybird at this festival, and we're walking backstage. And I think there was, uh, there were, I think Bram was probably with us because me and Bram were always connected at the hip. And I think maybe Nate was with us, maybe. Well, we get to, you know, in DC Talk, there's uh, Kevin Max, mm-hmm. right? Who's the little guy that, that raps? Toby. Toby, Toby Keith. What's his name? Toby Mac. Toby Mac. So it's Kevin, Kevin Max. Toby Mac. Toby Mac. And then who's the other Michael? guy? Michael. Is that the guy who sings like a sheep? Mm-hmm. No, Kevin Max sings okay. like a sheep. Michael's the one who sings well. Okay. Who's, who's, so there's, there's the black dude and that's Kevin Max. No, that's, that's Michael. The black dude is Michael. Uh-huh. Kevin Max is the white guy okay. with the really piercing blue eyes that sings like a sheep. Okay, that guy. Okay. That guy, we go backstage and we're like heading to catering or whatever. And the sheep guy, that is who? Kevin Max? Yes. Okay. He is sitting on a table. He's sitting on a picnic table with like five girls like college age girls all around him and we're and we're us so we start walking towards him and we see him with like all these chicks and like it was like the scene in dumb and dumber where like he could have thrown peanuts in his face and then lit a fart and they all would have just been cracking up because oh my gosh this is kevin max from dc talk and and jesus freak it was that that wave of jesus freak Mm -hmm. And so he's just yucking it up, and these girls are just eating out of his hand. Well, of course, we couldn't, we couldn't let that happen. <laughs> so we had to do a humility check. <laughs> and so I say something to Jaybird, and I make a comment about his hat that he's wearing. And he's wearing this, like, wicker, like, wicker cowboy hat. Uh-huh. And I make some dumb joke 
to Jaybird about this stupid wicker hat. Well, Jaybird decides to then say it to him like out loud. And so Jaybird insults Kevin Max and his cowboy hat in front of these women. So the girls are kind of like, oh, dang, like you just got destroyed by your hat. So it's kind of like we said what everybody was probably thinking. Mm. <laughs> so Kevin Max gets pissed. And so he makes some comment to us that his hat is worth more than everything we're wearing on our bodies and probably all like our equipment, all that, like everything. He just basically said his hat was more than all of our lives combined. This is why Jesus died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you, decent Christian so, talk. <laughs> yeah. So we, so we get into it with him. So we're kind of going back and forth, and he <laughs> yeah, always going. Yeah. Let's get in an so insult always, fight with Kevin Max. We did. We did. So he always dressed very Trashville. Like he was like the Nashville glam. Yeah, somebody at that and record so, label probably told him what to wear and handed him his wardrobe. Guaranteed. Well, then that person had to pay the piper. So we started basically ripping on him and he's ripping on us back. And he's like, who are you? And we were like the super tones or, you know, whatever we said. <laughs> we're the super tones. Don't forget it. Yeah, Orange it's, County. Yeah. It's, it's suck it. So we get into this like war with Kevin Max and get into it. I mean, we get into it pretty good where like barbs are going back and forth. Jaybird is not having fun at this point. Like Jaybird is angry. Kevin Max is angry. Like he's not like joking around. So they're they're both like heated, and so we kind of separate them, and we go about our day. So then it's we go to catering. When we're in catering, we're kind of staring down DC talk, and uh, Kevin Max kind of points at us to like the people he's with. You know, kind of like yeah, those guys. But we don't know what he's saying. But he's pointing at murder us. Them. Didn't have a good look. Yeah, didn't have a good look Later, on his face. You shall murder them. <laughs> exactly. And so we, um, so we get up there. We we play our set. And little side note: main stage of creation is the largest audience I've ever played for in my life. Same. It was a sea of people as, as far as the eye could it's see. It's like make-believe. It <laughs> like, is. It's like, it's this the, is not happening. No, and, and it was the first time in my life that I got for a split second I got stage fright. So we came out and when I focused on the crowd, like we went from like, yeah, we're going to come out to this song. So we came out to this song. It was like, blah, 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 whatever. We started, we kicked in. And then when it was actually time for me to sing and I took that breath and I looked out to just people, like I said, as far as my eyes could see, just a sea of people. And I couldn't see the end of it. Like where the people ended, it was like the woods at the top of the hill. Uh, so it was it was just a massive sea of people. And my throat got like all shaky. 
Like I got, I got like, oh my gosh, like a little like overwhelmed and my throat got shaky in my singing. Like I got scared and then I just blocked it out. I was like, screw it. We're here to do a job and you kick into like muscle memory and you just do it. So I did it. So then we play, we do our set, we leave. DC Talk makes like some comment to us, like little Kevin Max, as we were like walking off the stage. And so it was kind of like the, oh, you guys are the insiders, because whatever band we told them, you know. <laughs> so we, <laughs> yeah. So then he put two and two Mark together. My words, insiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Revenge. Mm. You should take in what you finally can of today's sun. You will not see it again. And so Insiders. we go and we're like, we go, let's go get in the mosh pit. Like there was the leprosy barrier. So there was like an, a 60 foot. Did you guys call leprosy the leprosy barrier, barrier too? <laughs> we, we learned it from you guys. Oh. <laughs> we, yeah. We learned it from you guys early on in our career. You guys made that comment, and it just stuck with us. That we was always the called worst that leprosy barrier of all time. Like, if you were like, yeah, I'm going to get into this 50 show. 50 yards. You, got, you need binoculars to see people getting into it. Because yes. you're just like, yeah. what's And if you were like, oh, here? I got front row. Yeah. If you had front row, you were, you were 50 yards from the stage. Yeah. It was the biggest leprosy barrier ever. And so Michael Tate, we were like, I just remembered his name. Sorry. Go on. Okay. Okay. Leprosy barrier. Yep. So we went up and we like, while they're playing, we're backstage and backstage was like um, a trailer that had an office and it had a TV that showed what was on the stage. Mm -hmm. So, we went out and a few of us like went in like the leprosy barrier where nobody was. That was kind of like for press or for people taking pictures. Well, I noticed that when they were singing and in certain positions where they were, when you when you looked at them DC Talk playing on the jumbotron, you could see behind his shoulder you could see the window of the trailer. So I went back inside the trailer and I told the guys, I'm like, keep watching the TV. I'm going to try and do something. So they're watching the TV. And I go outside and I find the window on the trailer that is that is shown often on the Jumbotron. And it's about seven feet no, it's more than that. It's probably like nine feet in the air. So I turn a garbage can upside down, like a metal garbage can, and I stand on it in front of that window. So uh-huh. now I'm standing in front of the window that when you're watching DC Talk on the Jumbotron, it's this little window that's up in the upper corner, and now my face <laughs> is in it. So, <laughs> so I'm just... I'm I'm making faces in the sense that like the faces I was making were me pretending that I didn't know what was going on and I was just kind of clueless. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I do it I do it for like a good like 3 minutes. 
and I jumped off the garbage can and I ran in. And when I ran in, everybody in the green room, like that back room, was rolling on the ground. <laughs> like they were dying. <laughs> so I was like, did you see me? They're like, heck yeah, man. That was amazing. Because what's on the TV is what's on the Jumbotron. So then people started telling me to do stuff. So I, like, I went back out. I jumped back on the garbage can. And I'm, I'm just doing small, subtle things like wiping my eye as if, like I, as if I had something like by my tear duct. So I'm just like wiping my eye. Over and over. I didn't do... Like, like, I didn't do anything that was, like, rookie, right? Like, I didn't pick my nose. I didn't do any of those rookie moves. Put your moves. nipple up to the I was, glass. Yeah, yeah. I was doing more just <laughs> subtle things that were making people die laughing. So after the show, after the show... We just get ripped. Like, DC Talk went to, like, their management. Oh, we they could ripped. see we it got... on the Jumbotron. Yeah, they kept yeah, seeing yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the whole time, like, their show is going on, I'm stealing the show by being on the Jumbotron <laughs> behind them and just being... Just dumb. And so DC Talk complained and had our credentials taken away. Oh my so gosh. We went from like we should yeah, never we went play from like, again unless you take the yeah. passes. Oh. oh, don't don't you sweat your little head about that. So basically what the way that the story was told, the the way we were told is you play whatever stage you play, and then when you make it to main stage, if you were like us where you opened main stage, mm-hmm. then usually the following year you headline the main stage. And our popularity was growing to where that seemed like that was the natural progression of how Devil we did. Double award winning. You're on your <laughs> yeah, way up. Of how, yeah, exactly. So we were going to be at creation you know, all day. Yada, yada. Well, by the time we played and, like, got in trouble, we had our credentials pulled at, like, 8 o'clock at night. And so we weren't allowed in catering. We weren't allowed backstage. So all of our stuff, like, we were a main stage band. So, like, all our stuff, our dressing rooms, everything was behind main stage. We weren't allowed back there. Oh, my god! They canceled us. They took our meal passes away. So we went from like eating main stage uh, catering for lunch to then dinner. We couldn't get back there. We had to like go buy like hot dogs, yeah, or like funnel cakes. So then the following totally year, so we never played. <laughs> yeah, so we never played another thing with DC Talk ever again. We would always we'd play with Audio Adrenaline. We'd play with the Newsboys. Um, we'd play with those other big bands, but we would, we never played with DC talk again. And then the following year we, so we're like, oh, we're playing, uh, you know, creation fest. And this would have been 98, what 98? Yeah. 98. So we would have been like coming off like ska mania again, big, whatever. And, um, 
we're, we go and we like check what stage. We were on the smallest stage no. that you could play no. at Creation. They had us on the stage smaller than the one we were on the first year. Oh my god! And so, like the first year, it was like the encore stage. Well, we ended up playing like the, our third year doing it. Yeah, we were on like the, the the what's it called, like the showcase stage or something like that. It was just a small with this crappy little sound system. One of those stages where you're like 18 inches higher than the people, you know? Yeah. So like your fans are kind of standing there, and you're just like elevated slightly like on an eight inch stage <laughs> and and that was it and we were we were like w- why are we on this stage man like well i mean we'll play wherever we don't care and so we had made it like the first year um one thing that the insiders always did well is we always really connected to those that were taking care of us like so if you know, if you were like a billet family and you let us stay with you, like we really went out of our way to thank you. And then the next time we came into town, we'd, we'd want to stay with you again and all this stuff. So we really, we made friends with caterers. We made friends with stage managers, stuff like that. Well, this couple that was like the, the encore stage, like managers, you know, that, that did all the like, okay, you know, changeovers, all that stuff. They were in charge of it. They became like good friends of ours. They were the ones that told us. They were, we were like, yeah, man, it's weird. We're on this small stage. And they're like, yeah, because you guys drove DC Talk crazy last year. And DC Talk, like, who is their, like, manager? Wasn't a guy named, like, Big John or something? Because didn't the Supertones end up using him? I don't know this. I'm sure they had whoever the best manager was. Whoever the guy was, I could see his face, and that guy was like, insiders aren't, like, they're not main stage. Like, they're not, we were literally blackballed from Creation Fest because we messed with Kevin Max. This is an amazing story, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. so proud of you for this. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story coming up for the the paid. I'll tell you a story about Newsboys. Okay, and I gotta tell you my creation story. Stories. Okay. Well, it, stories. And this is how mo- we get you plural, guys to spend five dollars, one time or for yeah. a month, whatever you want. Pl- yeah. You know, if you leave it going five dollars a month, that's great. Joe and I are trying to pay some bills. Like my kids, yep. Right now, they just—I think they had to cook their own dinner. They're behind me. I close the door because I care about you guys more than I do about my own kids. Yeah, they had to I cook their own dinner. I can't say that because my make... my estranged wife might use that in the divorce proceedings. <laughs> you think? Hey, I love you my, think kids. my kids. You think my kids filet mignon? Is going to cook itself? No, you guys. No. We need Please. your Patreon dollars. Please. $5 yeah. a month is all I mean, it costs for I gotta, I gotta get my, I gotta get my mink coat dry cleaned. How is he going to have uh, how a do you personal think? chef? Yeah. If you guys aren't paying five Come bucks on, for this. People. 
It's so. only five dollars, and you get to hear such stories as Reese Roper versus the Crips and Joe versus DC Talk slash the <laughs> Newsboys. Sheep guy, the sheep, the sheep, the sheep guy. guy, Kevin Max. Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys, we're going to draw this the freebie portion to an end. We want to thank you for listening. Feel free to become a Patreon member. You get four to five hours more of us blathering about whatever and usually end up crying and some sort of like you're listening into like a therapy session. So, Basically. Um, yeah, so do it. We'll see you guys. Um, paid people, we're just going to keep going. Piece of chicken. Chicken. Of chicken. C H. I've been drinking. I G G A N. Have you guys heard of chicken? (laughs) For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.